all this month, we've been talking about building an audience here on the podcast, and we've been asking members of the What Works Network, well, what's working for them when it comes to audience building and marketing their businesses? Some people have told us that keeping it simple and focusing on just one technique has paid a lot more dividends than trying to be everywhere and do everything. Others have told us that video, like showing up on Instagram stories, Facebook Live, or YouTube has helped them reach new people. Plenty of folks told us that the most important thing they do to build their audiences is reaching out to new contacts one at a time. Still others told us Facebook groups, guest teaching, virtual coffee dates, in-person events, or asking for referrals and recommendations are their sweet spot. Clearly, there is no right way to build an audience today. And that can be comforting for sure. Those of us who are naturally questioners, rebels, and skeptics don't have to mold ourselves into something we're not or fit our businesses into someone else's formula to get ahead. And at the same time, all of that open-ended possibility can be daunting. As much as we want to do things our own way, it would be nice if there was a clear, well-maintained trail for our hike to the top of the audience-building mountain. Now, make no mistake, I'm not suggesting that we all need to blaze our own trails when it comes to marketing our businesses. Far from it. But we do need to decide on a plan and stick to it. How, you ask? Well, earlier this month, friend of the pod, Bonnie Gillespie, shared five things that have worked for her over the last 20 years of building her self-management for actors audience with What Works Network members. I want to focus on the first three here for the sake of brevity. First, she said, time, trust in the long haul. Second, consistency, never stop showing up. And third, she said, treating everything I do as if it's the only thing they'll ever see and being sure my links roll deep for those who'd like to follow them to other things I've created from there. Now, I can't agree more with these points. Plus, I think they're useful constraints for finding the audience building plan that's going to work for you. Consider each of those points as questions. First, what can you stick with for the long haul? What could you do week in and week out for the next 10, 15, or even 20 years? Second, what can you deliver on consistently so that your traction grows and grows over time? And third, what can you work towards mastery of? What are you willing to get better at every single day? The answers to these questions might not be as sexy as a technique promising to be the secret to finding 10,000 true fans in 10 days, but in my experience, those answers will serve you much better. Like the small business owners you'll hear from today, my own audience building strategy has evolved over time. And like Bonnie, it's required trust in the long haul, leaning towards mastery, and as Dr. Michelle Mazur calls it, radical consistency. Ever since I stopped thinking of myself as a blogger and started thinking of myself as a podcaster, I've been working to realize the potential of this medium for connecting with the right people. That's you and telling the kind of stories that will help you realize the potential of your own business. Now, it's been over four years since we got to work on this show, and I can count the number of Tuesdays we've gone without a new episode on one hand. Now, over the last year, we've worked to make this show not just good, but great. We've tailored the episode format to help you get the most out of each interview. I've started telling more of my own stories and sharing my own ups and downs with you. 
We've introduced more diverse voices and businesses into the mix. We've created longer story arcs and put more intention behind our programming. We've created new formats for episodes and started releasing episodes most Thursdays in addition to our Tuesday interviews. And all of this has added up to making this podcast a truly effective tool for our business and a truly effective tool for you. We never phone it in. We never say good enough. We work towards longevity, consistency, and mastery with every episode. And it works. Now, while that might sound exhausting to some, it's important to keep in mind that this is the main thing we do. It's not just another project on a pile of marketing projects. Our whole business, never mind our whole marketing strategy, revolves around the stories we share here. Giving the show everything I've got week in and week out is the least I can do. And while my commitment to it might be overwhelming in the best possible way, the workload is never unmanageable. It's what works for me. In today's episode, you'll hear five more stories of what's working for small business owners as they're building their audiences. Keep listening to learn what's working for Strength and Words founder Ayelet Marinovich, business coach and co-founder of Twin Tracks Expeditions, Heather Thorkelson, the fussy baby site creator, Holly Clausen, licensed professional counselor and coach, Nancy Jane Smith, and Kimberly Bennett, a lawyer and the founder of Modern Legal Collective. You'll hear how careful scrutiny, reassessment, and evolution have led to stronger strategies. You'll also hear how unexpected techniques can be game changers. But most importantly, you'll hear how building an audience isn't a formula or a blueprint, but a highly personal process. Much like Ellie Trier shared in our last episode, Ayelet Marinovich has found that audience building is more effective when she does it in collaboration with the parents she serves. Hi, I'm Ayelet Marinovich, the founder of Strength in Words, a parent education company focused on helping families with infants and toddlers. I give peace of mind to parents and caregivers that they already have everything they need to support their tiny human's development, and I do that by way of my Learn with Less curriculum. So, Over the last year, I published two best-selling books which provide the basis for my infant and toddler curriculum. And this curriculum is the culmination of the work that I've done to get through my own journey through the early years of parenthood. What I mean by that is that when I became a mom, I realized that having a background as a pediatric speech-language pathologist working with families was definitely helpful, but it only went so far. It didn't mean that I had all the answers or that I could escape the overwhelm, but it did mean that I didn't have one of the struggles that many of my peers did. I knew what I could do to support my baby. I knew that it didn't take much and that I could support my baby within the everyday routines in which I was already engaging and with the everyday objects I already had in my home. So I set to work trying to spread a mantra of learning from each other and helping my friends understand how their babies were learning so that they could see how little they actually needed to buy and how much they were already doing. So all this is to say that my business and audience continues to grow because this is what I share every day, my own experience and the experience of others. So How I do that is that most days I showcase a simple object from my home that I use or have used with my young children, and I describe a few ways that it can be used to add more play, 
more language, more sort of music, musical experiences, and more, more movement into my interactions with my child, thereby supporting development. Uh, I then asked others to do the same and to ask and to add their own ideas. So I share this piece of content all over social media. It often starts as an Instagram post or story or both, and I push it to my Facebook page. If it seems to get some traction, then maybe I'll create a blog post about it. Uh, Sometimes I already have a podcast episode on that developmental concept that I'm talking about. So I'll create another piece of content, say an image uh, with a quote on Instagram or a Facebook Live to refer back to it. So sometimes people tag me on Instagram and then share how they're using the same object, either in a similar way to how I've shared it or in a completely different way. And I'll reach out to them and make sure if it's okay that uh, if I repost and then I'll use that content to further support my claim, if you will. So um, one sort of unexpected and pretty great result of building my audience this way is that the power of community and shared experience is no joke. Uh, When you get people trying new things or talking about things that they're also passionate about, they don't stay quiet. And I have loved seeing how other people become inspired to use simple objects in their interactions with their children. And I've loved watching the impact that I can have on families. And I think what continues to surprise me is that what I bring to the table is technically expert advice and the kinds of things that families would work on maybe in a therapeutic context. But the fact is, everyone needs parent education. And I am not a parenting expert. My, you know, I think the fact is, we all need to see what each other's doing. Uh, We want to see what's going on behind closed doors. And when we can share the reality of how we're connecting with our little ones, even when it's hard, It breaks down barriers and it helps people share the true experience of parenthood in my case, not the polished and pretty and smiling and glowing sort of perfectly curated feeds that we often see from many influencers in the parenting space, but the true grit, the deep connections and the beautiful simplicity of using, say, a toilet paper roll with your baby. So that's what's working for me as far as audience building. Heather Thorkelson is no newbie when it comes to building her audience and developing relationships with potential clients. Lately, she's paying close attention to how the evolution of her business has caused an evolution in the way she finds the people who want to work with her. My name is Heather Thorkelson, and I'm a business strategist for incurable entrepreneurs. I also own a polar expedition company that takes high net worth individuals on bespoke 12 passenger ship expeditions to the Arctic. I know, kind of a strange combination. The business strategy side of things is my primary business, and what I do is I basically act as a second brain for small business owners who are going through a growth phase or trying to level up what they're doing. I've been a business strategist since 2011, and it's taken on various formats. In the beginning, I worked with employed people who really wanted to be self-employed and helped them navigate that leap. I used to run entrepreneurial retreats, and I took people to Iceland and Peru. Um, And then slowly it morphed into wanting to work more with entrepreneurs who were established, like myself, having two businesses, and helping them navigate those next steps. And that's been a really exciting shift for me. 
Of course, as my business matured and I started shifting to work more with established business owners, I had to revisit the ways that I was connecting with people. So I used to just focus on connecting with people and building my audience on the platforms that I enjoyed being on, so Facebook and Instagram. But over time, I started to realize that that's where I liked hanging out. Um, and where I liked talking about business, but less and less, especially on Facebook, less and less was I connecting with the right people. I was finding that it was a lot of my old clientele, my former sort of client avatar that was interested in connecting with me, and also just friends, not even business prospects, or not the audience that I wanted to reach. So I needed to change tack. And what I did is I started thinking about where exactly these motivated, sort of unemployable, visionary type folks, where were they hanging out? Let me tell you, they were not wasting time faffing about on Facebook. They were over on LinkedIn, which I had traditionally seen more as a space for corporate types and people who were looking for jobs. And so I had really shied away from it, partially because of that element and partially because I just didn't know how to leverage it correctly. But I did a little bit of research and I thought, no, 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 based on what I'm seeing here, that's mostly where my people are. And they're also on Twitter. They're talking about really cool, interesting kind of, you know, that fast pace of Twitter. They're over there. And I had to rethink everything and start going, okay, well, hang on a second. I need to show up where these people are showing up and engage in those conversations, which I did. And I just did it in a really human way. I didn't go over to Twitter and LinkedIn and start trying to recruit people or trying to sell them my stuff or get them on my mail mailing list. I just didn't feel like that was the right way to do it. So instead, I've just started connecting with people like human beings, asking for uh, connections on LinkedIn with a little personal note. And I always take the time, I actually have it scheduled into my Google Calendar three times a week, to go on LinkedIn and read the profiles of people who catch my attention. And then I'll send them a request for connection and say, hey, I noticed that, um, you know, you and I have a really similar business ethos. I'd love to connect here. So again, no pitching, just human connection. And it has been amazing. Like I'm talking next level. It's like I opened Pandora's box of awesome because not only am I making amazing connections with entrepreneurs, with small business owners, with the exact kind of people that I want to talk to, but I've gotten business, I've gotten clients from people that I had no idea were even interested in or looking for someone like me. I mean, zero selling involved, just connecting, maybe having a coffee date on Zoom. And the next thing I know, they're like, hey, I think I want to hire you. And I'm like, for me, it's coming out of left field. So how amazing that just kind of going back to brass tacks and avoiding that spray marketing of trying to get in front of as many people as possible or trying to get as many people on your mailing list as possible, which is sort of the more traditional world of entrepreneurship that I was brought up in in the early, you know, 2010 to 2015, just getting back to that personal human connection has been more valuable for my business, for my bank account, for my general feeling about how awesome my network is. It's it's just been incredible. So in a nutshell, my mindset shift around audience building is that when my business shifts, I need to reassess where I assume my audience is and instead go where I can see people like me are actually hanging out. And the unexpected outcome has been this sort of quantum leap forward in the quality of new connections that I'm making and the value of my growing network. So I hope that 
this is helpful for some of you listening who have had a business shift and are wondering why things feel like a bit of a grind or a bit slow. It's definitely worth looking at and reassessing where it is that you're spending your time and where it is that you can best reach your people. At face value, it might seem like Holly Claussen is building her audience the way lots of people have with Facebook. But listen close, you'll hear how Holly is doing things a little differently. She makes use of the tools she's been given to enhance everything she does in her thriving Facebook group. My name is Holly Claussen. And I'm in a bit of a transition period right now uh, with my work and my business. I've been a freelance ghostwriter for the past 10 years, um, and which is what I've been doing um, sort of as my, my primary uh, work for the past number of years. Um, and specialized in writing about digital marketing, social media, um, write ghostwriting books and blog posts and magazine articles uh, for busy marketers who uh, needed some extra help. So I have been doing that and uh, I recently graduated with my master's degree in family and human development uh, with the goal of transitioning into the role of a parenting coach and educator. Yeah, so basically about uh, 12 years ago I started a website for parents of Fussy Babies, which has kind of morphed into a whole uh, community, Facebook community um, for parents of spirited kids ages zero all the way up till about uh, 10 years old. I support these parents through the website, through blog posts, through ebooks. Our Facebook groups now, at last count, I think had around 45,000 parents, which is just crazy. Yeah, so basically, that's how I've been providing support up till this point. Uh, I recently also completed uh, the creation of my first online course, which is called Parent Your Spirited Child with Confidence. I am in this transition period now of scaling back on my ghostwriting and instead focusing entirely on supporting parents through the website and Facebook groups and through this online course. So for me, uh, my primary method of marketing uh, over all these years has been for sure Facebook. I would say the way that's working best for me right now is I, I drive a lot of uh, traffic just through my website, uh, through organic search to Facebook, to the Facebook group. So people join through that. It's also, I've invested a ton of time and effort into providing support to parents so Facebook has basically noticed this and my groups rank quite high in organic search on Facebook. So that's another way that people find the group. So how I use Facebook for basically to grow my business and to funnel people to my email list is when people join, Facebook has the, the built-in feature where you can tag and welcome new members. I probably, let's see, like this morning I added probably 200 people to my groups and then I write welcome posts and tag about 50 of them per post and also uh, give them a link uh, well several links to find out more info about me and about the website and about the services I offer uh, but most importantly I promote a, a quiz that they can take to find out uh, if they have a spirited child or not. So I get quite a few people every day, maybe 30 people a day sign up for my email list through that. 
Um, and then once they've downloaded that quiz, they're immediately, um, I have links to some ebooks that I've written that they can purchase. And once I start officially promoting my course, I'm hoping to set up a good funnel um, to promote that to people as well. This past year in October, the folks at Facebook actually reached out to me and had noticed uh, the groups that I was building and um, actually ended up uh, joining the groups and um, just sort of appreciated the, the vibe of the groups and the supportive community that we've built and invited me to come to Facebook headquarters and talk about the groups and how I've grown them and how, how we support parents, get interviewed by a bunch of me different media outlets. And so that was a pretty surreal experience. Just getting to go there, I brought my family along and got a Facebook tour and got to meet lots of really cool people. And yeah, that was kind of a once in a lifetime experience. For Nancy Jane Smith, audience building clicked when she realized she didn't have to hide an important part of herself to be taken seriously, her anxiety. Hi, my name is Nancy Jane Smith. I'm a licensed professional counselor and coach. I work with individuals who have high functioning anxiety, and I do that in groups and individual work through public speaking and writing, and my business is called Live Happier. And so today I want to talk about what for me was a really surprising way to connect with the right people for my business. Because if you would have asked me a year ago, was I, was I genuine in how I showed up in my business? I would have said absolutely yes. But it was at the beginning of this year that I really realized I wasn't, that I was getting really stuck in the idea of having to be an expert and having to show that I had cured my anxiety and having to, if I could only work with clients, if I was cured. And what I realized was I'm not cured. <laughs> I still have my anxiety. I still deal with it all the time. Yes, I have a lot of coping skills for it and a, and a much greater understanding of it, which allows me to live with my anxiety so much better than I could have years ago. But I'm not cured. And so I hesitated in ever talking about the specifics of anxiety, ever sharing I never would share what clients might be suffering because I was afraid that if I shared that, then the clients would know that I was still suffering. So I could never share that I was up at 4 a.m. obsessing about a conversation I had the night before at an event because that would mean I still had anxiety. And so it really was this wall between my clients and my potential clients and me because if I had to be the expert, I couldn't really understand their problem. Because what I realized this year, once I started really showing up and talking about my anxiety, talking about specific examples of how anxiety is nuanced and it shows up in really weird ways, once I started doing that, my clients were like, oh, thank God, someone really gets it. Someone here isn't just spouting to me the normal things people say about anxiety that I've tried and they don't work. They're really in the trenches with me. And so I realized that rather than standing at the end of the tunnel with a spotlight like I had been all last year and the 10 years before, I was going to walk through the tunnel with my clients with a flashlight next to them sometimes, ahead of them sometimes, behind them sometimes, but with them the whole time. And that has made all the difference in my business this year. It's brought it to be more fun because I can really show up in my business. I don't have to worry about, are they gonna figure out that I still have anxiety? But I also have had a lot of vulnerability hangovers. You know, now whenever I go 
to post anything, to write anything, to share anything, I double check, is this pithy? Or is this really specific enough that's going to help someone? And I'm surprised how many times I just dial it in, I just do some pithy thing. And if I didn't have those questions in place to stop myself and ask, is this pithy? Or is this specific? I would send off that pithy content and I wouldn't have the true content of really showing my clients that I know what they're dealing with. And so since I have shifted this, A, it's made my business a thousand times more fun. Like I really enjoy my business so much more. But B, it has brought me more clients. I've, I've done podcast episodes that are specifically about high-functioning anxiety that have specific examples in them and stories from my own life. And those have gotten me new clients that have called, five or six new clients this month have called because of that podcast. And I got a writer from Forbes.com called me because she wanted to hear more about this high-functioning anxiety. And so it's really shown up in my life and in my business that when I show up with integrity and I really am exposing myself and letting go of this facade of having to have it all figured out, my clients and my customers appreciate it so much more. So that is my reason why I think showing up with people and being integrityful is the key. You know, to bring less I know it all and more of I see you, I get you, let's figure it out. Finally, Kimberly Bennett has discovered that video marketing has provided a way to connect with a global audience for both of her businesses. Hi, my name is Kimberly Bennett and I run K Bennett Law LLC, a virtual brand protection law firm that offers subscription legal services. And I also run the Modern Legal Collective that helps women disrupt the legal industry. As a practicing attorney, I help small businesses scale to seven figures of annual revenue by helping them grow their team, monetize their brand, and generate sustainable revenue. And in my coaching practice at the Modern Legal Collective, I run a program called She Leads the Law that helps women break the status quo in the legal industry by building fearless and profitable businesses. So for me as a woman running two businesses, I have found that the best way for me to connect with my audience and the way that I've reached my audience um, is through video marketing. And so as a, someone that's also virtual, I really want to be able to engage with my clients or my potential clients wherever I am. And so video marketing has provided that opportunity to do that. So whether that's actually video marketing or just using videos in general. But to reach my audience and from a marketing perspective, my tool of choice is Crowdcast and we have developed a process to utilize and maximize Crowdcast so that we can really maximize our media. So here is my process. First, we do a quarterly planning session where we choose the topics that we're gonna discuss for that quarter. So of course, that means we have three topics that, that we pick um, on three specific themes. Then we um, assign the theme to each month. Once that's assigned for each month, then we pick four to five show topics based on how many weeks there are in the month and we create some copy around the show topics, including um, Q&A questions, including some general research, and some general support to help us as we move through the month. And then once we've done that, we place uh, the shows up for registration, and then we go live. Once we go live, we process the live recording. So we download the recording, process it, 
and it turns into several pieces of content for us. That includes a saved video for future use, a recap broadcast email that's sent out covering what we discussed, an evergreen email that gets added to an ongoing sequence at a later point, and then of course social media posts that we um, use across social media for both current and evergreen content. So that's our process to really uh, maximize our media, and that's what I call it, and to really leverage um, video marketing as our tool of choice to really reach our audience. And so as I've been doing this, I found that one of the most rewarding parts of this or unexpected or awesome parts of this is really the community that I've reached and the people that I've connected with using these platforms. And so now that I have chosen Crowdcast, I've used other platforms in the past and they all have a similar um, connection opportunity. But what I really love about Crowdcast for me is that I've been able to reach people in different parts of the world, whether that's Australia or Africa or some of the two places that I can think about. And I know I feel quite humbled and blessed and, you know, um, grateful to have this tool to be able to do that. So it's been a great, a great experience, an amazing experience, a humbling experience, but I know a great way that has helped me really connect with my audience. So what's working for you when it comes to building your audience and connecting with the right people? Could you stick with it for the next 10 years? Can you deliver consistently week in and week out? Are you leaning towards mastery and making sure everything you do represents your business in exactly the way you want it to? I'd love to hear your story next. Find me on Instagram and let me know what's working for you. I'm at Tara underscore McMullen, and I'd love to get a message from you. This episode was produced and edited by Sean McMullen. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Special thanks to Ayelet Marinovich from Strength and Words, Heather Thorkelson from Plan B Consulting and Twin Tracks Expeditions, Holly Clausen from the Fussy Baby Site, counselor and coach Nancy Jane Smith, and Kimberly Bennett from K. Bennett Law and the Modern Legal Collective. You can find over 200 candid conversations with small business owners like Ayelet, Heather, Holly, Nancy, and Kimberly at explorewhatworks.com.